My name is Adam Smith. I'm on the team here at Grace. And for the last year, I've had the privilege of uh, leading your middle schoolers with Brickell Heber. So if you have a middle schooler, I apologize for the ruined shoes that we experienced this past week uh, during our scavenger hunt. Uh, Probably didn't adequately prepare for the amount of rain we've been receiving. Uh, Before we start this morning, will you guys bow your heads in prayer? Lord, uh, I'm so thankful for uh, this. I'm thankful for uh, the people in this room, God, for your church. I'm thankful for the way that uh, you have gifted us all differently, for the way that you've brought us together. God, I ask that this morning uh, we encounter you. I pray that we're able to lay ourselves down uh, and tune our ears to you. I pray that you just speak this morning. I pray that your word speaks clearly. Uh, God, prepare our, our hearts and our ears to hear what you have for us. Probably in your name. Amen. Well, this morning, we're going to talk about something that has been fairly, uh, fairly relevant in my life over the last couple months. We're going to talk about uh, trials and perseverance, but specifically, we're going to talk about how we experience joy, um, even, in, even in the midst of trials. And we're going to look a little bit at James, a couple verses in James 1, and then we're going to flip to Hebrews uh, later on. The past four months have been uh, a difficult four months for me for, for various reasons, but uh, I've been the busiest I've ever been in my life, and with that comes lots of distractions, uh, lots of things pulling me away from, from the things that God has called me to. Uh, anxiety has begun to, to creep its way back into my life, which is, is difficult to deal with, and in those moments where the enemy is, is speaking whispers into your heart, it's, it's difficult to find joy. Uh, so this morning we're going to talk about those. Trials are something that every one of us faces, okay? It's not a matter of, of if you face trials, it's a matter of when you face trials and when you go through seasons of your life that are uh, more difficult than others. Some of you are really tired right now. Some of you are going through uh, loss of jobs, uh, broken relationships, not sure what to do next. Uh, I don't know what the struggle is for you right now, but all of us have something that we carry it in today. And I'm convinced that the Lord wants to deal with that this morning. Uh, I'm convinced that he wants to bring healing. Um, So if you want to go ahead and flip to 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 James, I'm sorry, James chapter one with me. We're going to look at verses uh, two and four, two, three, and four. James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. First, we need to address the myth that as soon as we give our lives to Jesus and we start living for him, then everything after that is a walk in the park. Because I don't know if you've noticed, it's not true. So this, this whole idea that if we give Jesus a little bit of time on a Sunday, everything's just going to fall into place. We're never going to have relationship problems. We're never going to have issues with our boss. We're never going to have financial problems. It's not true. Jesus gives us what we need, and he's never going to leave us or forsake us. And he's always going to walk with us through those trials but he doesn't promise us a life of comfort. I read, I read the Bible and, and throughout the course of the entire book, I just see godly men and women go through trials and through those trials, uh, they, they rely on Jesus and it's how they make it through. So the question isn't if, the question is when. Uh, 
James didn't say that if you go through trials, we're gonna find, you're gonna need to find joy. He says when. It's also worth noting that, that trials are temporary. Uh, whatever you're going through right now, I can promise you it's not gonna last forever. Okay, it might be something that's been lingering and you feel like it just won't leave you alone, but I promise you Jesus is going to restore all things in time. So whether, whether that thing is restored today, whether it's next week, whether it's five years from now, or whether it's when he returns, that problem, that hurdle in your life is temporary. And we need to keep that in mind when we're going through it. I don't know about you, but whenever a, a trial comes my way, it becomes all consuming for me. I tend to forget everything good up until that point and just focus on that one thing because it it feels like it's consuming my life. What we're gonna talk about this morning is is having the right perspective when it comes to trials. Um, There's there's a biblical way to go about facing facing trials and that's what we're gonna talk about. So, The trials in your life are not without purpose. James says, consider it pure joy whenever you face those trials because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Okay, so those hurdles in your life, those trials, those seasons of difficulty, they're not just to make your life awful, okay? The Lord isn't sitting in heaven pointing fingers trying to make your life hard, I promise you. That's not him, okay? But there are things in our life and they produce they produce perseverance and perseverance produces maturity. So when you go through a trial, it's crucial that you stop, you step back, you look at it and you keep things in perspective and you realize that, okay, this is hard and it's consuming me, but there's a reason. And you start having a dialogue with God. God, I don't know why this is happening. I'm not doubting your goodness, uh, but I trust that it's testing my faith. It doesn't say that trials build faith. It says that they test your faith. So the faith is tested and it produces perseverance. We need to take a step back and listen. Something else to think about is that when we go through trials, it doesn't change the goodness of God. Um, It doesn't matter what you're facing, um, but God doesn't change. He hasn't left you. He hasn't stopped being good to you. And he's not gonna stop in the future because it wasn't the the verse in Romans where it says that uh, for it was when we were still sinners that Christ died for us. It doesn't say that when we made ourselves right or when we got our stuff together or we perfected ourselves, then Jesus died for us. But it was while we were still sinners, worthy of hell, worthy of eternal punishment that Jesus came and died for us. And that is good news. That's good news that doesn't stop. It doesn't change. So when you're facing whatever it is, when you lose your job, when you're going through that sickness, when you have that headache that won't leave, God's goodness doesn't change. I have a friend, uh, right... I have a friend right now that I have a friend that just lost her mom to a year-long battle of cancer. And I've never seen somebody go through a period of their life and have such a, a healthy perspective on a trial. I've never seen somebody go through losing a parent and not doubt God's goodness like my friend just did, she was able to keep the perspective that, man, this is hard and this is tough and I've probably never faced anything like this, but God hasn't stopped being good to me. God's grace and his mercies are still 
are still new every single morning. And even though I don't understand and even though I don't get it, God is still good. So whatever you're dealing with this morning, I'm here to tell you that God is still with you. God is still fighting for you and God is still good. And it's easy to forget those things. As soon as something hard comes into my life, that's usually the first thing that I forget. Guys, the enemy is really good at what he does. He's really persuasive. And if he knows that he can't, uh, if he can't get you, he's gonna distract you. And usually the struggles that come into my life personally are just a bunch of things. They're a bunch of distractions that come in and he wants to consume me with anything other than that good news. He wants to consume me with anything other than the gospel, which isn't coincidence because it's thinking about that one thing that does bring joy. It's reflecting on the the gospel that that makes things okay even when things aren't. So for Sadie, when I was talking to her, it wasn't her circumstances that made her have joy. It wasn't that that things were getting better because it was a year long of constant questions and struggle and doubting, but it was the fact that she was able to step back and she was able to remember that, man, Jesus still has a plan. And even though we don't understand, he still has a plan for her and he still had a plan for her mom. And from, from my understanding at the funeral um, of her mom, lots of people came to know the Lord. And that's a testament of the Lord working through trials because for those of you who lost somebody, it's hard, it's difficult. And it is, it is tough to have the right perspective, but God has not stopped being good to you and he's gonna continue to be good to you. I think something that that strikes me when I read that that passage in James chapter one, when he says, consider it pure joy when we face trials of many kind. That, uh, that's not very easy, right? Like, did James ever actually face a trial? Because when I go through trials, the first thing that I think about is not joy, okay? So when I read, I'm a, I'm a fairly skeptical guy. So when I read it, I was like, oh, this guy must have had it pretty easy if he's sitting here telling me to, to be joyful in the midst of trials. Uh, but that's the opposite when you look at James's life. James, the author of James, was the half-brother of Jesus, and um, it wasn't until Jesus's death and resurrection in which James uh, believed and, and in which he committed his life to Jesus. So for 30 years, James doubted and he harassed his brother Jesus, and he didn't believe it. And it wasn't until Jesus was killed and resurrected in which he realized that probably hurt, if I were James, to, to feel that that regret for 30 years of doubting your, your brother and who he is and, the, and then seeing that, and that's pain. And if that wasn't enough, um, as James was, was proclaiming the gospel and as he was out teaching and, and leading the church and things, uh, not everybody liked that. And he was persecuted pretty bad. In fact, they took him to a high point in the temple and they pushed him down. They pushed him off the high point in the temple and he didn't die. So he had to live with that. And as if that wasn't enough, those same people decided, ah, you know what? We're just gonna go finish him off. We're gonna beat him and we're gonna stone him. And 
And I read that and I know that about James and I think, okay, maybe this guy did know what he was talking about, about trials. I haven't been beaten. I haven't been pushed off a high point in a temple. Uh, and, and you probably haven't either. And I'm not minimizing your struggles because all of the persecution that you've been through is real and I get it and I understand. But James knew what it was like to go through a trial probably more than you and definitely more than me. And yet he was still able to sit there and say, consider it pure joy. So how do you get that joy, right? Because I want it. I don't know about you guys, but I want it. That's the most attractive thing to me is finding joy. I think it's first worth noting the difference between happiness and joy. And that happiness is dependent on your circumstances. So I am happy when I get a raise. I am happy when I go on vacation. I am happy when I get to hang out with my friends. I'm not happy when I just failed a test or happy when my best friend just lost her mom but rather it's, it's joy that James tells us to have. And joy is not dependent on your circumstances. Joy comes when you have an eternal perspective, when you go back to thinking about the fact that God has not left you, he hasn't forsaken you, and he's still good, regardless of the circumstances that you're dealing with. Hebrews 12 says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I think that's interesting. Um, we talk about joy, but we haven't talked about um, Jesus' joy yet. And... When he was in the garden of Gethsemane, I doubt what he was experiencing was, was fun. I doubt that, that he was happy during that time when he was pleading with the father saying, if there's any other way, then take this cup from me. But he was obedient anyway. Why was he obedient? He was obedient for the joy set before him. You see, Jesus' mentality in that moment in the garden when he was just betrayed and abandoned by his disciples was eternal. And it was, it was the joy set before him that was to come that gave him the, the strength to go to the cross. And, and I don't know how many of you are struggling to think about the joy set before you, but I promise you the pain that you're going through right now is temporary and the joy that you're going to experience when we are with Jesus is so worth it and it is so much greater than anything you could ever imagine. Okay, that's where we find our perseverance. Our perseverance doesn't come from, I, th I think I can overcome this. It doesn't come from, oh, I think I can just suck it up and just get over this hurdle and keep going with my life, but rather it comes with having an eternal perspective, okay? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. So I don't know what it is for you this morning. Uh, but I know that Psalm 34 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. I like how it didn't say from most of them or from some of them, but he promises that he's gonna deliver us from all of them, okay? So if you hear anything this morning, it's this, that when we go through hardship, when we go through trials, not if, but when, it's so important that we can take a step back, that we can reflect on what's happening, and we can fix our eyes on Jesus, 
because it's that joy that is gonna help us through these trials. So, you know, as we close, as the worship team comes up and and we get ready, uh, I encourage you to to go talk with somebody on the prayer team today. Uh, Confess the struggles that you're going through. If it's not somebody on the prayer team, uh, with somebody around you, and confess the struggles and put that down at the, foot of, at the foot of the cross and go to Jesus and say, God, I, I know that this is hard, but I know that, that this is producing perseverance in my life. And because of that perseverance, you are maturing me. I don't know about you, but I need a little bit more spiritual maturity in my life. Okay, I don't know where you're at, but I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that you could probably have some more. And Jesus wants to give it to you. And we have to acknowledge that these hard times are with purpose. So we're actually gonna take about uh, two or three minutes now and spend a little time on your own uh, with the Lord. Uh, And then we're gonna transition actually with with the people around us. And we're just gonna confess the struggles, confess the trials uh, that we're going through. And we're actually gonna lay hands on each other and we're gonna pray for each other. Uh, So go ahead and just take 30 30 seconds to a minute on your own and, and do some business with the Lord.